you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL Podcast. Make way for my man coming through. (laughs) Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm coming to you from a city filled with heroes in bunkers. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Of course, the iconic quote right there. Mark Sessler at the 2020 NFL Scouting Combine making room for the coronavirus-ridden Sean Payton. Well, we didn't know at that time at all what was uh, going on with Sean Payton. and um, he, did, he didn't have it then. He didn't have it then. We don't, we don't we, That's unclear, Dr. Rosenthal. We don't, we, that, we, that is unconfirmed. <laughs> But I, I, you know, I've never tested myself for it, but um, I'm symptom-free if I have it roaming inside my bloodstream at the moment. You, there are, you can get the antibody test, perhaps, Mark, if you want to make sure that Sean Payton didn't uh, do you wrong there. Wouldn't have been Sean Payton's fault. But, yeah. No, I wouldn't have blamed him um, directly. Certainly they got, test, they got tests for anyone in L.A. if you want it, Mark. You just got to sign up online. Go for it. In retrospect, because everyone got caught, you know, excuse the term, with their pants down, when it comes to COVID-19, if the NFL or the world knew what was coming, the scouting combine would have never happened either. And that was quite a hotbed of activity in Indianapolis. Um, and now you look where we are now, still in the bunkers. Had an unnamed friend who wouldn't who wouldn't shake hands or um, want to hug at a, at a dinner event. And at the time seemed like... Uh, it was a little much, and uh, look! Look at him. He was ahead. You ridiculed of the game. him. He knew. At the time. No, we didn't say anything. I didn't. You know, I, I also just, remember. I a, uh, took he called him a fool and threw wine in his face. You weren't even uh, there. That's, that's there was true. also a lunchtime work lunchtime meeting where Greg. Um, this was a, probably 10, 14 days before you know the stuff hit the fan, and Greg kind of dismissed coronavirus as a that is not a petty true. little illness that would float away by June or July that is as not the sun true warmed up over L.A. That is not true at all. <laughs> I don't know. Am I that far? I remember your, <laughs> I remember a, your uh, thought of that. I feel like there was a comment, Greg, you made that this was going to really stick it to capitalism. You, like you were saying, capitalism was overdue to take a shot to the gut. And Well, unfortunately. <laughs> so maybe, yeah, maybe you had some good takes mixed in as well. I don't know if that's a good take. I don't want. I don't like that being out there at all. Yeah, <laughs> Happy belated Mother's Day to all the mothers. You know, we we joke around that it is a a male dominated audience for the show, and it certainly is. Let's be honest. But uh, a few weeks back, when I did that little exercise on DM, spurned on by Mark's uh, Truth or Dare segment on this podcast, there was, as it turned out, when I went through all of them, there's a bunch of women that listen to the show, and so. All of you mm. women who are moms, many of them mothers. Happy well, mother's that's Day. that's not necessarily representative. Like the, I'm gonna open my DMs and come come at me. I mean, you were looking to get. I see what you were doing. You were fishing. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> that said, I do got my guitar here. I'm gonna do a little "Daughters" by John Mayer. 
Father? No, I'm not. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, I, was I would have believed it. I would have believed it. Get a few Tito's and you, you will you will do that. All right. This is the Monday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. I hope everyone uh, checked out the Around the NFL broadcast, our NFL network show, which returned on Friday, and it will be back on the airwaves again this Friday and hopefully each Friday for the foreseeable future. Now, are we on the air uh when and if the season begins, we'll find out, Greg. Are we more like a plug-and-play desperation uh, scenario here, or are we are we part of the network schedule going forward? We're going to find out, and the listeners and right. viewers will find out as well. Are we desperate filler, TBD? I mean, it, yeah, it only took a <laughs> pandemic to get us on, but uh, we're we're happy for it. It's like anything right now. They're just playing it by ear and seeing it. It's week to week. They can change and their minds. Indefinite, like a usual Josh Gordon suspension. You never know what could happen. <laughs> We are the Josh Gordon of the NFL Network schedule right now, but we're happy for the opportunity. So check it out uh, this upcoming Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, the Around the NFL broadcast. Coming up on today's show, we're going to uh, uh, just get caught up. We haven't had a podcast since Wednesday, so we're going to check in on the schedule release, which dropped late last week. We're going to check in with Mark Sessler, who wrote a banger. Mark, I read it. I really enjoyed the pros, as always. And uh, we're going to dig into your teams with a chip on their shoulder entering 2020. Right. I, I would Ooh-wee. label that um, a scientific study, if nothing else. <laughs> but before that, let's do some news. Oh my God! <laughs> Should have known. <laughs> um, Mark and I have a long-standing tradition of occasionally sending each other old commercials that aired in the Northeast in the early to mid '90s, and that was a Stetson Cologne ad that ran excessively. I don't know if that rang a bell, Greg, up there in New England, West. Yeah. Oh, I recognize that. Oh yeah, definitely. And my that was one of the colognes my dad had in the cabinet. Stetson, right. a little brute by Fabergé. <laughs> Got a lot of NFL play, if I'm not mistaken, back in the day. Got I mean, a lot to the of point NFL where, play. yeah, I had friends and I were that you know that choral um, chime at the beginning. We would walk around. My brother and I would sing that to each other, playing Legos. Um, you know, my friends and I would walk later on, walk down the high school hallways, singing that like groups of seven or eight. I mean, it really registered for some it also, reason. So. It aired regularly uh, during commercial breaks of WWF programming in the early yes. '90s, also, <laughs> yes, it did. and. I was just talking about it with Mark before the show. If you break down the, the lyrical content, first of all, it's a very pure female choir. And the, the lyrics are Stetson makes it easy for you. Easy for you. So basically, it's about scoring with chicks, but it's coming from this like church choir. It's a bit of, of jarring in retrospect. Yes. Doesn't it sound like the background vocalist in um, Rolling Stones? You can't always get what you want. <laughs> it it, it might could even be. be. <laughs> One and the same. Um, all right, let's get to the news, starting with a bizarre, bizarre incident involving Earl Thomas of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I know a lot of people had their jokes on Twitter involved uh, regarding the situation, uh, but it was quite serious when you read into it that Earl Thomas was involved in some type of um, escapade with a woman. His brother was also involved, and then Earl Thomas's wife caught wind of it. This is all from a police report. This is not speculative reporting. Uh, and she barged into the house with a firearm, and it led to a, essentially a standoff. Uh, the safety was off on the gun. All this like really dangerous, scary stuff where what's a kind of quote-unquote funny internet story could have turned into a huge tragedy. Uh, but uh, as it turns out, uh, Earl Thomas wasn't arrested or charged. His wife, a different situation. And the Ravens said they became aware of the Earl Thomas situation on Wednesday night when TMZ reported the incident. And this could have, Greg, some actual um, big-time ramifications for Earl Thomas, a man who fought very hard to get the big contract he felt he deserved from Seattle, didn't get it from them, and got one from the Ravens. Yeah, I immediately thought, you know, it, it's different because obviously his, his wife's involved, but is this something that could affect his employment? And Pro Football Talk reported on it, or Baltimore Sun, rather, reported on it, uh, that uh, the Ravens looked into whether he could void the contract. And then Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, my old boss, followed up with a report saying, 
it, the vo- they can't do anything with this contract related to it that the people high up in Baltimore knew that. And, you know, Mike essentially intimated that maybe if uh, they could do something about his contract, they would look into it. Um, but that since there's nothing they can do, they expect nothing to come from it and that he'll be a member of the team this season. I thought it was interesting that there was there was some side reporting, too, that, um, you know, the Ravens weren't totally thrilled with aspects of the Earl Thomas experience last year. They uh, Someone mentioned that he didn't totally buy into the team concept at times and that he kind of struggled to grasp the defense, which annoyed some of his teammates. I don't know what to, to what degree, but, I mean, it, the vibe of the voiding the contract suggested to me that the Ravens would like to but cannot. What were the uh, analytics of Earl Thomas, the advanced analytics last year? Did, did, and what did you guys see on tape? Was he still Earl Thomas? He struggled well, early. Um, we talked about it on the show that he, he's, he lost foot speed a couple of steps. But as he got to know the defense and as they changed their defense to be more back-end heavy with a lot more defensive backs, that defense really gelled from the second half of the season on. And I, it surprised me that they weren't happy with him because – that secondary played so well and was the strength of that defense down the stretch. He changed his role a lot, you know, his towards the end. And, and Chris is absolutely right. It seemed like he started slow and then he was part of one of the best groups in the league. Uh, he wasn't necessarily that deep center Earl Thomas safety trying to read the quarterback's mind. He, it was a lot about run support and rushing the quarterback and a guy near the line of scrimmage. So they found a different way to use him. But it seemed like he was he was helping them. And yeah, PFF had him as a top 30 safety, which is good. Not not the not quite the Earl Thomas of old. I mean, unfortunately, the last visual that we have of him is Derrick Henry just blowing him up into another hemisphere. Mm, good point. Yeah, true. Thomas will turn 31 this week on Thursday, four-year, $55 million contract with the Ravens. And, uh, God, yeah, crazy stuff. A, a gun held to his head. Um, moving on. The Saints have made a move that many people expected. Moving on. Uh, from guard Larry Warford. Uh, this comes after they drafted a young prospect last month, or was it this month? What, what month is it? What year are we in right now? <laughs> it's last, last month, month now. <laughs> it is last month. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, they drafted Cesar Ruiz, who was, uh, you know, interior lineman, first-round pick invested, so it seemed like Warford with a bloated salary uh, would be squeezed out, and sure enough, he was. He turns 30, 29 next month, Wes. Uh, this seems like a guy who not only will get a job but could end up starting because he wasn't terrible last year. No, he wasn't terrible, and sometimes we get caught up in the rumor mill that you know, ever since they drafted Ruiz, this move was expected and got me thinking that maybe Larry Warford was past his prime and, and just fell off a cliff and is no good anymore. PFF gravi- graded him slightly below average, and... Teams seem to be lining up to sign him now. I'm not sure he, he earned that Pro Bowl berth last year, but there will be interest in him. Basically, hasn't missed a snap in five years as a starter on uh, the best or one of the best offensive lines in football. It, this yeah. is one of those moves where, yeah, you maybe there's something else going on behind the scenes, whether he fit in or I don't even know. Um but it absolutely is a money move. There are very few, like, usually I just think, well, it's more about the they don't want the, the player. In this case, they drafted someone and they free up $10 million where they were, like, having to move things around for every little move that they make, and, and that helps them in this regard. In other news, Mike Lennon has got a new job. <laughs> he is signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Lennon spent last season with the Raiders. He threw 10 passes. Uh, last season and two appearances with the team. Gardner Minshew, Mark Sessler, good news for him uh, because Glennon is not anybody that you would think the franchise is going to think, ooh, we got to get a look at this dude. They're going to ride with the kid. Yeah, I guess you could have, you know, initially it was a landing spot for Andy Dalton. You could suggest that Cam Newton could probably go there and steal a lot of starts away if the offense fell off a cliff. I mean, guys like Joe Flacco are out there, Trevor Simeon. And so this to me, it's like they, they sort of said all along, like Gino we Smith. believe. Uh, yes, Gino. Uh, sorry to admit that that name. Um, they believe in Gardner Minshew, at least giving him a full year to see what happens. I don't I just don't love the situation 
for Gardner Minshew, and I, I hope he doesn't get, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks in the draft next year in one of these scenarios where, you know, in a handicapped offense, um, he's blamed for it. Our old buddy uh, Michael Lombardi saw this move. I think it was when he tweeted this out and just said, like, it's official. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, we used to be colleagues. um, We're, you know, us and Lombardi. What a joy that was. Especially you guys, you know, writing up his copy. I've heard that story a few times. (laughs) What a treasure. Uh, And he tweeted out right after this, like, it's official. They're tanking. And, you know, I don't. Of course, uh, I don't think the coaching, you know, we've been through this with the Dolphins. I don't think the coaching staff is trying to lose, but yada, yada. Is there a team, um, you know, running the Jaguars like high up that might be thinking, well, worst case scenario, if we lose, we're in a good spot next year. I, that doesn't seem that crazy to me that that they would hold on to Marone um, and Caldwell for like one more year. Because why why blow it up and start over when we might just uh, not be ready to really compete this year? The football world has lost its grip on the concept of tanking. Just completely lost touch with what it actually is. Nobody has any idea anymore. Teams did this all the time before the Dolphins last year with the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing. They've signed eight veteran free agents this offseason. That's not what a tanking team does. They had a huge draft. Um, I just, like, what, what do you mean they're tanking? They're just not good. They're rebuilding. Well, this if you have Mike Lennon, who I don't think anybody thinks can play at this level, at least at a starter level, although has he ever really been given the chance? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean he, won some, he won some games. He won did some he, games with I, the Bucks. Uh, how many games did he start? Did he start like a full season? He Lennon started was, like more than half of the season in Tampa, didn't he? And then he yeah. started more yeah. games in a different season. I mean, right. and then the Bears signed him to a huge contract. Right, we were writing Mike Glennon fantasy. You know, team one, team X wants to trade for you know intriguing Mike Glennon back in like 2014, <laughs> wow. mid decade. So I mean, he's officially six and sixteen as a starter. He played almost every. He played thirteen games for the Bucks one year as an injury uh, replacement. So here's the Lombardi tank theory: Mike Glennon, we have evidence he's been in the league for a while now. He can't really play. If Minshew stinks and he was a flash in the pan. They have no quarterback to keep them above water, and they can very quickly become one of those three and thirteen, two and fourteen outfits. Now, yeah, that's what like seven teams a year have done for the last I don't know seventy five years. What are you talking about? I, like, yeah, I'm, I'm with Wes. Tanking? It's it's a it's, it's not probably tanking. just the wrong word. They're like rebuilding and with a young team, and they and they probably have their eyes wide open that you know they they're not likely to be a playoff team this year. But that doesn't mean they're trying they're tanking. Did the well, Dolphins tank last year? The team didn't. I think the front office did last year. I think that right. was accurate. That, there was like legit reporting from well beforehand that that was a concept they were, you know, considering. And I think that you're, it's unfair to ask a coaching staff to play along with that. And the Dolphins coaching staff utterly refused the notion of it. It does suggest that the state of quarterbacking is entirely different than it was five years ago when Mark and I were writing these court, these articles about some unknown quarterback in Tampa who was a third-round pick and might be the savior for other teams, and now Cam Newton can't get a job. All right. In other news, the shoe is finally dropped over at ESPN. Uh, Richard Deitch of TheAthletic.com reports that Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarland will not be back on Monday Night Football. Da-da-da-da-da! <laughs> Wow, were you adding some uh, lyrics to that jingle? I thought I heard words there. Yeah. Uh, Deitch adds that the replacements will come from within ESPN. Decisions have not been made uh, on that part, but Tess and Booger are out. Not at out at the company. They will remain in, quote, prominent roles at ESPN. Just did not work out over two years uh, for Tess and Booger. They put McFarland in the Booger Mobile, which is one of the infamous follies in the history of uh, really uh, NFL broadcast television. I mean, that will be remembered forever as one of like the great gaps. Uh, just how silly it looked, and the man was wearing a seatbelt calling a football game. Uh, and Jason I mean, Witten, unfairly so. Upstairs. I mean, the Booger Mobile was not nearly as bad as just hiring Jason Witten. But that it's not well, as funny. Yes. Well, yeah, I don't want to yeah, over <laughs> overshadow that. Jason Witten was the – I mean, that 2018 setup is the worst ever. Because Witten, despite good intentions, was completely overwhelmed and not ready for the job. He was green. He didn't have the it factor. Tessitore 
rub people the wrong way with some of his histrionics, and then Booger's wearing a seatbelt on the sideline, going 15 miles an hour up and down the field. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing here? Anyway, they tried to rein it back in last year. Witten, uh, the Cowboys gave them a nice out by signing Witten back into the league, and then they went two-man booth, brought Booger upstairs, threw the Booger remobile into the ocean. Uh, but the two, it just didn't work, so we'll find out. I know our friend Andrew Marchand of the – New York Post floated some internal names, uh, including who was it? Do you guys recall? Steve Levy, Dan Orlovsky, Lewis Riddick. Um, I heard right. Brian Greasy. All in the mix, potentially. So we'll find out. But there will not be no Peyton Manning, no Tony Romo, no Al Michaels. And we'll see. We'll find out. Kurt Warner has been thrown in the mix, too. And, and Nate Burleson as two guys they looked at from the outside. But it, it sounds like they're more leaning on just staying internal. Right. Exactly. And... Um, your boy, Mike Florio, Greg, who, by the way, he, he's filing stuff. This caught my eye over the weekend. Florio's filing stuff at 4.08 p.m. on a Saturday, May 9th. He just does it all the time, huh? Does he oh, get, yeah. How, how does that work? Is he just doesn't? He never. It's one of the reasons I, I wanted to leave, ultimately, because. Um, I mean, I, I respected it in a way. But I, it's I totally respected it, lines. but it was there were no days off. Like literally, they're just—it was a seven-day-a-week operation, and um, with kids, that was that was tricky. And like, if the boss is doing that, then you're expected to do that too. So I don't know. You know, what, what else is he going to do? He's in West Virginia in quarantine. <laughs> that's true. That, that doesn't explain <laughs> the other ten years of that. But um, well, that's yes, true. You know, I don't know. He, he loves it. It's a grinder. And, and I mentioned Florio because he does mention at the end of a post that he wrote about this. Uh, that the change, whatever ends up being the booth, could be temporary. There are rumors that the next deal for Monday Night Football, which starts in a couple of years, the game could move back from, to ABC from ESPN. And if it moves back to broadcast television, will they again load up looking for big-time mm. name talent? We shall see. I, I thought it was interesting. I know we're going to get to the schedule in a, in a second, but it related to Monday Night Football. They got a better schedule this year. Not only did they get Ravens-Chiefs, they got some – they got some big time games, and that's the biggest game of the season. And they got it, Ravens Chiefs. Ooh, great segue, Greg. Uh, let us uh, check in on the schedule release. It did. It rolled out Thursday evening. Uh, it's our first chance to talk about it on this show. We talked about it uh, in pretty good detail on the around the NFL broadcast and NFL Network. Uh, but what was a big takeaway for you, Greg, from the schedule, if any? It is the, kind of the last big. Uh, roll out of the league that they had control of. Mm. They rolled it out on schedule, but we all know changes could come. A few things. One, they're doing a Friday Christmas game, Saints Vikings rematch. You leading love in, that. you love it. It's interesting. I mean, yeah, I think it's fun. a little bit of. A, I don't think it's great. No, I don't you know. love it because I like spending the day completely with with my family. But it's a little interesting. bit of a middle finger to the NBA, though. I yeah, mean, that is that's been the NBA's um, breakout day for. Long time. Well, a part it, of it well, that's we'll interesting it to me is that Schedule? it's right before a Saturday full of NFL games, too. So it's not it's it's Christmas and then it's like a triple header probably on Saturday and then Sunday. So I'm just thinking that's week 16, which to me is kind of the biggest regular season week where it decides uh, so much. And so that that it's a primetime game. Yeah, I think it's six thirty Eastern, so it's sort I don't of in between. Think that conflicts I, with the ESPN? No, it I is. Mean, the it, NBA. I, I read it that it clashed yeah. with the second half of one of their uh, yeah, games it, or something. It is. Yeah. Wow, what what a shot across the bow! <laughs> your, well, I mean, your move, Adam Silver. <laughs> There's only so much I can care. Um, oh, speaking of which, any other? T- oh, how about you, Wes? You got any schedule takeaways? I know you have to. Give me one. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking. Uh, people put way too much stock in strength of schedule in May. It doesn't yeah, mean anything. Of course. That's my takeaway. None of this strength of schedule stuff means anything. Week, week one wipes everything out. I, I want Peter Kane one good point that um that it was you know and it makes sense that it was by leaps and bounds because I think creating this you know you got to go into that war room with like 88 people and 4,000 charts and deal with concerts and live events and all this other nonsense that's on the slate for autumn but none of that exists right now and they said it was the easiest schedule to make by so by such a large degree and also that you know I 
you know, Dan, our Browns and Jets play in Week 16 in New York, but there's a, the, what happens there is the Browns play the Giants the week before, and there's a lot of instances where I think they're trying to, if, if travel's going to be involved and we're going to do this, that teams going to the West Coast might be there two or three weeks in a row or vice versa to, you know, prevent unnecessary zigzagging across the country. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Greg, you love the Thanksgiving schedule. You love chopping it up. 11 26 20. Yeah. 12 30 p.m. Texans at Lions. Uh, 1 30 p.m. Redskins at Cowboys. And then primetime, the Ravens show up again against the Steelers. I, I'm into that. 20. I, you know, that slate's okay, Six. but I do have t- takeaways from it. One, they gave Deshaun Watson some big pop in this schedule. They're in primetime a lot, but they're also, you know, they're in the kickoff game. Eh, that's a big, that's a big nod to Deshaun Watson. And they're in Thanksgiving. Uh, so that's it's kind of putting some you know it's putting some faith in the star power of Watson and, and Bill O'Brien and that is the only national game of the year that the Redskins are in. What a fall from grace mm. from that franchise. Wow. There's been some good Thanksgiving ones and that that is it. They they don't have a single prime time game. That's a bit overdue. Let's be honest. Right. You can't just keep pumping that organization into prime time until they're interesting. Uh, <laughs> and then finally, I wrote a, a revenge games piece. I'm going to cycle through these. I think we might get Wes fired up on one of these. Here we go. Week 12, Carson Wentz against the Seahawks. Week 6, oh, Mark, Miles Garrett, Pittsburgh Steelers. Which they essentially put um, in an anonymous early game, early slate time spot. I think they don't want to pump that up as, as much as you choose to. At the they, they cut down the Browns' prime time yeah, considerably, they right? What as is they should it? have. They, they, they got two, and they don't deserve more than two. Okay. I wonder if that, the, uh, the Garrett thing has anything to do with that. I don't think so. I think organization. I don't think so. I mean, I'm more appalled that the Saints have fewer primetime games than eight other teams. Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham Jr. plays the Giants for the first time in week 15. Uh, The Chargers against Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady was, you know, that's supported by the Chargers. The Bucks wants a little bit of revenge. You don't want to come to us. Here's our boy. I mean, Dan, you wrote that. You seem puzzled by your own (laughs) entry there. I don't know, man. It's there's a pandemic going on. Here. Uh, Packers, Niners, Dolphins, Patriots, Texans, Chiefs, Titans, Ravens, Vikings, Saints—all great revenge matchups. And now we just wait to see if any of it happens. And that's what's happening in the news. All right, Mark. Did you write a banger? Sub banger? Actual banger? Where yet? <laughs> the weird um, NFL article that I, because it was due, I, you know, you get these these monthly, you look ahead for the month and here's what you're going to write and here's when they're due. I noticed, and this, you know, got on my radar a while ago, due Monday morning at 7 a.m. Um, okay, so that means I'm going to be writing, right, that means I'm going to be writing that. Um, I wrote it on a Saturday morning um, in our, you know, in my backyard. And, right. and um, the Sunday, the Sunday is Mother's Day. Right, so I, I, I knew that I was dealing with a, a strict um, window to, you know, churn this text out. Um, but I, I had kind of enjoyed writing it because it wasn't one of these ones where you have to dig in and look at, you know, PFF and all this other stuff for four hours in a row. It was just kind of like pick some teams that seem like they might be a little on edge or uh, feel a little dismissed by people. And I guess to me that would equal having a chip on your shoulder as a, as a franchise. All right. So you started with the New England Patriots. Why? Well, my first uh, words there were Belichick lives. I just think that it's funny to me that, um, you know, we have no idea how any of this will go. I th- they're fascinating to me because anyone ticketing them for 5-11, and 11, um, fine. That's a, a reasonably logical outcome because of what's gone. But I still think you have the best coach in football who, um, yes, I realize he's, you know, trotting around with his little dog and doing these nice segments. But um, I Damn would imagine 70 years old. Right. I, th- I would imagine behind the scenes that Belichick um, would like nothing more than to take whoever's starting a quarterback and just stick it to the rest of the league. They have, I think, five primetime games. And, you know, it's fair to think they could be disasters. But I think the opposite. On that on that note, you said stick it. Remind me of Jared Stidham. Great. Uh, Mar- uh, Wes, excuse me. You read something in the Boston Sports Journal. A Greg Bedard joint uh, where he... Essentially uh, dug in a little bit on where Stidham actually stands with the Patriots right now. And your takeaway is that a lot of people have this all wrong about what's actually going on at the quarterback position there. The entire football cognoscenti. 
oh. has been misreading oh. this quarterback situation oh. for three months. Greg Bedard God asked bomb. sources who told him <laughs> the Patriots view Jared Stidham as another year away, as not ready, as basically as ready as Jimmy Garoppolo was after one season, which means they just need to see a lot more before they can determine that he's the guy. And Belichick's comments have backed this up, that we, our quarterback room of Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham is not by design. That's just the way it's played out. Um, who knows if, if Jared Stidham can play? I just think this idea, we all think that the Belichick persona now is he's so sneaky, he's got everything figured out, and he's always waiting to drop some surprise on the NFL. And I don't think that's what this is. I think they just haven't found a quarterback that suits them so far. Andy Dalton was making too much money. Maybe don't they don't think he's a major upgrade. I don't know why. Greg might have info on whether they like Cam Newton or not. Andy Dalton's making too much money? Well, when the Bengals were trying to trade him. I mean, right, but, but he was a free agent. I, From I guess, an action standpoint, they you I, I get by design they don't just think this is what it would be Hoyer and Stidham, but What's the action item to add someone here in May? There were well, isn't plenty that true? of options. Right. I, I agree with everything Wes said. And I think that's how weirdly Bel- – a lot of times people say, okay, Belichick's got all this master plan and here's here's how he la- – like I, I think he is a very in-the-moment, reactive, doing the best decision that he thinks for the team. It's like I, I don't think this was part of their long-term plan. I think they wanted Tom Brady back on some level and he, and he wanted to go. I mean, I, I think – or at least they they were caught a little flat foot yeah i know i'm just saying like they they didn't necessarily think he was going to have a strong market and they they almost were right there but not not right enough uh i think they like stidham and they like him more than andy dalton or else they would they would have found a way to sign andy dalton salary cap is significant here it's also you know the season hasn't started they could add someone the only thing i think that's clear though is stidham did beat out hoyer last year you know they got rid of hoyer because of Stidham's performance in training camp. So that was something that... Now, you, you did that with Tom Brady being the starter, but they still made that decision. So I just don't see Hoyer having a very good chance at winning the job if, if it's between the two of them. If this is true, if this is true that in t- internally they don't think Jared Stidham is going to be ready for at least another year. Well, that's they, it, it was more that they don't know. that. Like, how okay. could they know? That all he's right. played a year, they liked where he was at, but he, he's a young player. Just that, the risk of it all, though, that... If if you're the football czar slash GM as Belichick, your principal job is to have the team prepared um, roster wise, and then the coach side of it takes over after that. But there certainly seems like a very real chance because who thinks Brian Hoyer can really lead anything at this stage of the game that they'll be completely caught with their pants down, and then you get into the whole theory. I can't believe I said pants down again in the show. Then you get into the theory that would Belichick be kind of cool with it if they ended up being terrible because maybe that leads to their quarterback of the future. And he is looking uh, two steps or two paces ahead as many people often assume he is. I I think he, he's going to adapt and he thinks once he gets into the season and he sees what Stidham has or doesn't like, he thinks there's other ways to win games and that's how he's operated. I think he looks at his his offensive line as a total strength. I, I think he likes his running backs. I think he loves his secondary, you know, and I, I think there's things he likes about the team and he's going to try to play to those strengths, but you got to see if Stidham can play or not. Like if he just can't, then you might have to go with Hoyer. It's also May and we may not play football until November. (laughs) I mean, who who knows? So I don't think that the quarterback room now is the same as it's going to be by the time the season starts. Well, he's also in Nantucket. I do wonder, like he's been in this football grind. I've thought about this, like which teams are going to benefit. And there's, it's hard to really know, but I mean, it's a totally different off season for all these coaches too. It's like, he's just in Nantucket, like cooking up. Who knows what, are they going to be totally different than like, are a lot of teams going to be totally different uh, from because these coaches are in their bunkers, just coming up with crazy ideas. That would be fun. Is there, Greg, is there a Nantucket Martha's Vineyard rivalry up there? Speak I don't, to it, please. I don't think so. I've never been. Um, what, like elites on elites? How right. Does this work? Right. I mean, Nantucket's like a really small place. Blood. I don't know how you get. Yeah, blue blood. Yeah. I don't know how you get there. You know, Martha's Vineyard's got like 100,000 people in the, or 75,000, 80,000 people in the summer. I don't think like Nantucket has much in the way of even stores and stuff, but I don't really know. <laughs> I think has... they've got some stores. It's just, you know, not like a, you know, not a ton. Advantage Martha. <laughs> the Vineyard also has the Kennedys, right? I feel like that's some. No, neither. They're on Cape Cod. 
Well, oh, yeah, let's bring in Ricky on this. Ricky, yeah, you are a blue blood up there. Uh, you, <laughs> of course. You come from an incredible amount of wealth. Uh, tell us more. Wallace. I know Erica's <laughs> like the only one of us totally who false. truly is a blue blood, and she never gets any. Erica's told the stories of uh, sitting on the lap of Ted Williams and uh, other great uh, history figures. Right. And frankly, I thought he was inappropriate, but, you know. <laughs> oh, stop that. Um, no, Nantucket is the bomb. It's so there's a ton of ferries, even from Martha's Vineyard to Nantucket. Okay, I've never been. Greg. I don't know. And the downtown is so historic and beautiful. Nantucket over Martha's Vineyard any day. Wow, Ricky Nantucket coming in with wind. some info, some takes. Mm-hmm. That downtown with the cobblestone streets. I know Martha's Vineyard has a lot. They're very similar, but Nantucket. Oh, you get the you get the re- you wear your Nantucket reds. You're just on the oh boat. God. You know, shark fishing, whatever. I mean, it, Nantucket. All right, Nantucket. Bye. sniping a shark yeah. from the uh, top of the deck. That was good info. Yeah, that's was that's it? our that's our street smart correspondent, Erica Tamposi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, who else? Mark, you have the entire AFC North. Has a chip on their shoulder. Now, uh, talk this one out for me. <laughs> it's a big chip. Well, that's how you do, do these articles. Do they share articles. it? Do you, they you know, share you can't it? Just, you, you know how this works. You can't just pick uh, six teams. One of them has to be a little bit different and kind of like, <laughs> oh, Mark, that Greg has a good point. Is it one giant chip collectively on the division itself, or do they have four separate chips? Yeah, I think the imagery was troubling. I mean, kind of a <laughs> tough imagery to begin with. I've gotten a lot of tweets like, a team doesn't have a shoulder, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so it's like, I hear what you're saying. That's wonderful um, tweets. But I would say, if you're the Cleveland Browns, you have a chip on your shoulder because of everything we've talked about, um, over-talked about on the show with what happened last year. I think they're in, they were embarrassed, um, and they have a lot to prove that, to, that you can't go out and do that again. And I, I would say they, there have to be some people, some fairly angry individuals in there. Steelers, I mean, they went 8-8. Eight and eight. They lost every quarterback possible. Uh, it, it, things couldn't have gone any worse for them, and they still see themselves uh, completely as a playoff team. Um, I would say the Ravens for the way the season ended. It's not that it, you know they were. It, that's two years in a row where the playoffs um, equaled a shocking departure for Baltimore, but especially last year. I mean, they just got totally punked in the weirdest way. I, I, I still feel like that playoff game um, was one of the weirder experiences I've had um, in a while, watching a game and just feeling like everything that you didn't expect is happening right in front of our eyes. Um, I believe in it was 28-12. It was never really in question. The Titans were in control of the game from the very beginning. There was the insane stat, speaking to the weirdness of the game. I believe the Ravens got stopped on fourth and short three times, something that had not happened once in 16 games over their 14-2 and two campaign. So it was – now, Can you? is it fluky? I will – I'll pull it back. I don't know about the entire team, but I certainly could see Lamar Jackson having a chip on his shoulder, which you usually don't get from an MVP – because fairly or unfairly, a lot of people are going to remember that season for, oh, yeah, he was this amazing dominant player, rushed for 1,200 yards and threw for 3,500 yards, whatever it was. And then, again, two straight playoff years, he didn't get it done. He needs to kind of lose that quote-unquote narrative, uh, which right, might have which been unfair play, I mean, Peyton place. Manning had that tracking him for a while in his career. And, like, what, you know, it, one thing I noted in an overly long intro to this thing was that I don't think that certain players would even care about this, no matter what team they're on. It's the certain type of guys. And, like, you look at how Bill Parcells knew how to rile up Lawrence Taylor five minutes before kickoff mm. and deal with another player completely differently. So, you know, you can't just slap this label on... Um, entire teams, or frankly, an entire division. But I think the Bengals might be <laughs> Stay the strong, Bengals. Mark. Don't back the, down. No, but the Bengals, like you know, they've been a, they even they when can they use were, a little oh, chip. I mean, I don't know. Zach Taylor yeah, doesn't strike me. I, I, again, I'm not. I have quite. We, have Wes and I talked about, we we have questions about the coaching staff, but um, they the from a maybe I would go Bengals fans who I think have just taken it. Um, you know, for years, and they have just they've been a laughing stock. The team doesn't seem to want to do much to get them out of that situation. So. You know, things got to change here for the fan base. Totally. Uh, throw one more out there, Mark. Uh, let me look here. That Ravens, I, that Ravens-Titans game, by the way, it's one of three games on my DVR, and Walker just likes to – my son likes to watch football sometimes, so I've seen that game now a handful of times. It's, it's that. It's Bills-Patriots Week 15 and the Super Bowl from last year. So I've seen mm. these games over uh, a decent amount of times. That game is – One more incoming – I'm just saying it's like an amazing football game. That was yeah. like that Titans body rock. There's just there's something about a divisional round game like that. And it was it's fascinating to watch. Like they just hit them and the Ravens didn't know what had happened. It was like an amazing thing to, to rewatch. Imagine going to that game as a Ravens fan. 
Oh, you think you got a ticket punch <laughs> to the Super Bowl and you're walking home like, wait, did we just score 12 points and essentially get our butts whipped? That's when they would rather have the old mouser. Need <laughs> the old mouser in that spot. I mean, when when Tannehill hits uh, Khalif Raymond on that bomb and it's suddenly 13 nothing. That was like one of that was one of the moments of the season. I feel like. Hello, Condi. <laughs> <laughs> it's, mo- it's Monday Mower Day. Oh yeah, yeah. I can hear that. The like, great I thought that Candelario was an airplane, actually. rolls through here. Who? Candelario. Like John Candelario? Well, it's his first name. He's a good guy. Good. I give him a handle of Captain did... Morgan's for Christmas every year. He's, he's he comes yeah, and cuts okay. the grass. He tends to the yard for us. Nice. What a classy yeah. gesture. Right. And for those who think that's some type of sign of me being an upper crust person, that's. Fairly normal uh, if you rent a house in Los Angeles. Yeah. I don't know if you guys... I think it's almost... It's very normal. Yeah, it's part of rental agreements in in the L.A. area that the the owners have to take care of it. Yeah, I don't know if I I would want him swilling Captain Morgan's before uh, cutting the lawn, (laughs) but who knows? I feel like you could do that with a little bit of... I mean, it's not that hard. Juice in you? Not up Uh, or crust. Going back to my mailman days... I appreciated anyone who would leave a tip in the mailbox or give you a gift certificate. I never got a handle of Captain Morgan's, though. Yeah, I gave him a handle of Captain Morgan's and a half a rock. Nice. $50 is the... Oh, I was like, you gave him cocaine? I was like, sort of... (laughs) Seems to fit right in. Thank you. And then we we have a drink. There you go. And well, what do you talk about? That would be that would be more digging into where you see yourself with. Um, There's a bit of a language barrier, but we we talk about we talk baseball. He's a Dodgers fan. You asked me Perfect. about the Yankees. Yeah, it works out. All right. Um, anything else? <laughs> I don't know. I get this. Does not feel like um, I'm trying to remember a segment that was interrupted by two or three like. Super deep. Well, you were you were searching topics, for but, a team to uh, oh yeah the, talk uh, about. I was co- about, I, I thought we all the Rams? Had to come up with teams. Oh, do you Rams? have one? Oh, yeah, yeah go ahead. One more, Mark. Okay, Greg, go ahead. Well, I don't Give know. us one. Well, my, mine was on Mark's list, which was the Saints. Just that, yeah. just like a, a team that's been a top five team in the NFL three straight years, as heartbreaking playoff losses as humanly possible. And as, as all in, like, one last year as any roster I can think of for a long time. It, it, so that's a chip on your shoulder. It's also a, a lot of pressure. But when you look at what Mickey Loomis has done with his uh, financial jujitsu, keeping this team together and the depth chart at every position looks awesome. I mean, balancing both an NBA team and an NFL team. <laughs> I've always thought that? that was, you know, he's done a great job with that with those dual responsibilities. They, they got to be coming into this season feeling like it's title or bust, which is dangerous. But uh, that's just where they're at. Doesn't it feel like that's been where they've been really for the past four years now? The entire Drew Brees era. I get it, but this time it's like it's his last year. I'm ex- I'm just feeling like this is his last. Year. There's no more guaranteed money. He took a job with NBC. Everything's going to be different after this year. Oh yeah. Well, you wonder if he has another great season if he's going to want to walk away. And Tom, and Tom Brady over in Tampa is like, no, I'm going to take all those counting stats <laughs> records if you quit. These mm. guys care about that stuff. I would. No, they, you're right. Uh, your right. records are really important until Matthew Stafford breaks all of them. <laughs> We'll see. I mean, no, it's it's easy to say that all those records will be broken, but the longevity. Of course they necessary. will. That's the way football works. They matter to Breeze. It's what it's you know. It's a big part of his uh, calling card. Brady, uh, you would think it would matter a little less at this point. He's got the, all the rings. Makes sense. Anybody else got one? Well, Mark mentioned the Rams. I want to hear that. I well, do I like always hearing the, Mark on the Rams. The Rams, to me, I mean. Yeah, it wasn't a Super Some would Bowl say hangover. Mark has a chip on his shoulder about the Rams. <laughs> no, not 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 with the way they are right now, because I suddenly find them um, less everybody's favorite and more in- intriguing. They've really transformed the coaching staff and the roster, and I think Sean McVay suddenly is in sort of the second phase of his time there, and mm-hmm. and has a big challenge. And I have a lot of questions about Jared Goff. Um, not to the same degree I would about other guys, but you're you're in a crazy division where you're no longer the class of that division uh you're in a top heavy nfc you went nine and seven missed the playoffs kind of kind of like fizzled out at the end there they were eight and five at one point i think there's a bit of a chip on the shoulder there i would say that you know you were you were the the bell of the ball a year ago not now what's interesting about 
the 2020 Rams, I think, is that Sean McVay just a couple of years ago was the next, you know, offensive whiz kid genius. And the defense looks better than the offense to me. In fact, mm. by far the two best players in the team are Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. But they have a totally, you know, they but they lost some starters and they have a totally new defensive coordinator. You're right. They, they have a lot to prove. I mean, they're rebuilt. You know, they took over a bad franchise and they won a lot of games. Even you know, going nine and seven, if that proves to be a down year, it isn't the worst down year ever. It's just they didn't expect that to be the step back year at all. Right. Like this makes more sense as a step back year. Uh, he does have a lot of proof. I mean, it's. It, I think about it like driving around the city. I mean, there was Todd Gurley. Uh, Billboards everywhere. It's Todd Gurley, you know, for Subway. There's Jared Goff and all this stuff. I don't know if he's getting that Banana Republic money again. It's like, they, you know, they, they're they not the bells of the ball as they were hoping quite as much going into the new stadium. There's been a lot of Goff dunking by, um, you know, the football uh, pundits out there this offseason after what was a down year. I wonder, the Rams are in a lot of trouble if he continues to regress this year. He's due $31 million and $27.5 million guaranteed salary in the next two seasons. His cap num- number jumps up over $30 million from 2022 to 2024. I mean, you want to talk about you know regrets. There's no way they give him that kind mm. of deal again. Now they just have to hope it doesn't turn into a huge disaster if he kind of becomes a rich man's Mark Sanchez or something over the next year. Oof. I See, I'm not that concerned. I don't think they're that concerned. Okay. He's paid like a superstar. Is like right. he is. more what I'm right. saying. Right, he is. It's not exactly what you want, but I think even the way he played last year, man, his bad games were just awful. Um, but I, I don't think he was much worse than an average starting quarterback. I don't think he was like a huge problem. The problem is, you know, he you want the number one overall. Right. He better be better than the average starting quarterback. Well, I don't think he was last year. I think he was about average or a little worse. I guess my measure—he just of, wasn't. He wasn't Mark Sanchez. So, I, yeah, my my measure. I said rich man's. Um, <laughs> my measure of a disaster is if he goes below average. So if he's not only uh, a guy that's sitting at the table and he's not bringing things from the table, when he starts taking the salt off the table, the pepper, all of a sudden some forks and knives are missing. He's taking things off the table. Then it's like, oh my god, what did we do? We just shipwrecked the franchise over this guy. Right, and it also would would point fingers at the Rams front office and coaching staff for misevaluating him. I right. mean, and paying him with the wrong evaluation. I think they they got some good young um rookies uh on offense, but yeah, he's got to be better. I remember that Cowboys game which kind of man, Jared Goff was terrible in that I don't know if it was week 14, week 15, but it was kind of the moment where you're like, oh, the Rams are just not going to do it. And Goff was Goff was a huge, huge part of the reason why. In, How in about that, that game. Ravens game? I mean, there were just too many instances of the Rams just not showing up last year, and they've got to turn that around. Sometimes it feels like with being a team builder and Les Snead is a great example because he's been in there forever now. It's like that old Batman thing. You die a hero or live long enough to become the villain. He was a guy that seemed like oh, this was not going to work out, and then he hit on some moves, and all of a sudden he was the face of like the the young industrious GM that um, teams love would love to have uh, connected to them. And now things have come back around, and he's facing a lot of pressure. I imagine. I think McVeigh has more. What do you think? Is it fair to say McVeigh has a lot more job security than Les Snead right now? Yeah, yeah but I I think. I think they both have pretty good job security because we're talking about this like there was a disaster. They, you know, they went nine and seven last. I mean, they weren't good, but let's see how this season goes. I guess, right? I mean, e- even looking, if they struggled, yeah. I think I think this is kind of their team for this is their group for a while. Well, I would I would say though, McVeigh. If you want to say someone has more, sure. I mean, McVeigh is sort of the centerpiece of the organization and a brilliant coach that you're not just going to let walk because of even one bad year. I wonder if he's a p- potential guy if because this is going to be a tough year for them and McVeigh will be really tested uh, with all their losses and free agency and their and their salary cap issues uh, and lack of draft picks and all that. If if this year doesn't go well, um, I wonder if Peyton could end up being or McVeigh could end up being a Sean Peyton type down the line where he is the czar of the whole organization, mm. the Andy Reid type role. Um, right now, that is not the case, but maybe in the future. Mark, you did it. Vanity URL? No, I don't know what's happened to those. Um, it's just the you know la- NFL.com last name Sessler and hope it's not the 
hope it's the last thing I wrote or you're going to have to scroll down and look for it. All right. There you go. Anything else? Anybody else have anything to add today? <laughs> One final really. thought. Yeah, it's people Monday. can people can check if they missed it. By the way, it's on Game Pass. Our show, I think. Oh yeah, that's yes, what I heard. Check it out. I never check out the around the NFL personally broadcast. verify it, but yeah. Also, the Last Dance is getting better every week. What a show! Really fantastic. I actually, I kind of, I'm doing a new thing now where I watch the first one on Sunday and then I save the one second one. Oh, I like that. It's myself. like a Reese cup. Little treat. <laughs> And then it Save gives me another reason not to go on Twitter because God knows it's good to get off Twitter every once in a while. A lot of takes always connected to Jordan uh, in the last dance. All right. <laughs> Stan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss. Ricky Blue Blood Hollywood over in West Hollywood. Till Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My check engine light's on. Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone free fix finder service can help find the fix for free. Get in zone. This whole report for free? That's right. Printed and on your phone for free. Get in zone. But what if the fix is too tough? We'll recommend a local shop. Fix finder, only at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply.